0: Hey, pull up a chair. It's Hacks on Tap with David Axelrod, Robert Gibbs, and Mike Murphy.
1: Why do I care what's people going people on in the conflict between Ukraine and Russia? Because, and I'm serious. Because, like, why do I care? Tell you why. And why shouldn't I root for Russia, because, which I am? At this point, NATO exists primarily to torment Vladimir Putin, who, whatever his many faults, has no intention of invading Western Europe. Vladimir Putin does not want Belgium. He just wants to keep his
2: Western border secure.
1: Wait a second. Why is it disloyal to side with Russia, but loyal to side with Ukraine?
2: There you go, Mike Murphy, yeah. Yeah, as
1: Vladimir Ilyich Lenin said, nothing better than a useful idiot.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't, We'll see if he if he's actually a useful idiot or, or, or complicit. It seems to me like he's... That's Tucker Carlson. Of course, he's campaigning for the... Uh, I don't think they call it the Order of Lenin anymore, do they? I think no, it's they've got a-
1: some new ones. I'm sure they're working on the Order of Putin. But look, essentially, he's a cable TV rodeo clown. And, you know, it's sad, really. I've known Tucker a long time. I knew him back when he was a smart, right-of-center political journalist, a friend of mine. And I don't know if he owes money to the Bulgarian mob or something, or Russian mob. I don't know if he's totally cynical. Or I don't know if he woke up one day and said, you know... I uh, This stuff all makes a lot of sense to me, but but it's kind of a tragic tale.
2: Yeah, it is. Well, you know, you saw that brave uh, woman who stood up behind the newscaster yeah. in Russia yesterday. She's
1: now missing, yeah.
2: Yes. If Stephanie Cutter were Russian, she would have been that woman uh, because she is a... Uh, well, someone of boundless fortitude courage and insight and guess what she's with us here today the great stephanie cutter how are you
0: great to be with you good how are you
2: good 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 what do you guys uh make of um where we are the zelinski's speaking to congress tomorrow uh and i i you know there's so much tragedy associated with this Ukraine story and so so grave a threat, uh, but we're hacks and we need to think about the political implications of it. Stephanie, when Zelensky makes that speech and asks us to do more, uh, what kind of pressure does that put on uh, the Biden administration? Are they excited about Zelensky's speech?
0: Well, I think that if there's more to be done, um, in a way that doesn't, you know, have Russia turn its sights on uh, the United States uh, or our NATO allies, um, the administration has either already thought about it or is thinking about it. The danger is that there, there are starting to be factions in Congress, um, and we know where Zelensky is on this, uh, to have a no-fly zone. Um, that's only going to grow, I'm sure. He is going to mention it when he comes before Congress. Congress is going to start to move on it. Uh, and that creates tremendous pressure. And, you know, the, pre- I think the I personally think the president's doing a great job on Ukraine, uh, but you don't want to be behind the curve.
1: Yeah, I think that's a danger. Um, Biden's in a tough situation of trying to protect the national interest rather than appease the national mood. Mm-hmm. That said, I thought he bungled the MIG thing. Even if they don't need the MIGs, Showing strength by not not being afraid of a small escalation because Putin escalates every day, you know he, he's he's now raining rocket fire on staging bases that are very close to the Polish slash NATO uh, border. So I think Zelensky is going to be very effective with Congress, and Biden will be under pressure to inch up the the Western assistance. And you know, no fly zone is one thing that could be a real trigger. You, you, you know, you don't want to get into an escalation spiral, but there's other stuff they can do. You know, they don't have anti-air defenses that are beyond short range. There are some NATO allies that have uh, Soviet stuff that works that the Ukrainians know how to use. Um, we could start giving them uh, killer drones of our own. They put mm-hmm. those Turkish things to great effect. Turkey's got yeah. 100 of those sitting around. No reason why 20 more can't find their way there. So I think there is a way that... the up the throttle a little bit. And, and Stephanie's right. Biden doesn't want to be left behind on this, not only for domestic politics, but he's got to show the Russians that he's not afraid to slightly escalate. Uh, cause you know, they know that if the escalation ladder keeps going and NATO's involved, there's the Russia gets wiped out in a conventional battle. Not that we want that, but yeah. but Biden's got cards to play here and Zelensky is going to force him to play more, which is good.
2: I am, uh, reminded of the fact and Stephanie, uh, can appreciate this. That it's tough when you're sitting in that building in the White House and everybody. It's like sports, except there are real consequences. Everybody in the world is smarter than you, and I'm sure what they, you know, they are calculating every moment, sort of how where how far can we go without t- tipping over uh, into essentially World War Three that could have nuclear implications, and that's a hard hard line. To walk, But you got, you know, look, I heard Jim Clapper last night talking about this, uh, the former uh, director of national intelligence. And he said, look, we're already giving them weapons that are killing Russians. <laughs> I mean, it's not that line has been crossed. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he was in favor of, uh, of of delivering the MiGs. He was in favor of getting more. Uh, weaponry, uh, in there that is, is useful right now. How about Zelensky, though? I mean, who would have seen this coming? Uh, so, you know, the, this, uh, short, uh, uh, you know, former comedian, uh, now channeling Winston Churchill. It's, it's really extraordinary, uh, to see. Uh, maybe John Stewart should be dusting off his presidential campaign for... Uh...
1: <laughs> Let's not go
2: crazy.
0: <laughs> well,
1: I, you, know, there's, you know, I remember all the bedtime for Bonzo jokes, you know, yeah. about Ronald Reagan. Uh, yeah. Occasionally, people who are public performers know how to do the public performance part of leadership, which is really, really important. You know, well, by the way, you can see his sitcom, at least a year ago, you could on Netflix. And I highly recommend the pilot, because he basically plays like a high school teacher, with this crazy family, and he gives a rant at work, and one of the kids films it on an iPhone. Next thing you know, he's president of the Ukraine. It's the ultimate life imitates art deal.
2: What What is really interesting is watching the contrast of Zelensky walking the streets of Kiev and uh, doing his uh, sort of impromptu messaging uh, uh, over the internet, and and Vladimir Putin, you know, cloistered there alone in the Kremlin, uh, with his, uh, 20th century communications. Um, and, uh, the contrast I think is, is, is really striking. And to the extent that Russians see it, which I think is scarce. Uh, I know he had a message to Russians yesterday. It must be striking to them as well, but that's been, you know, I mean, that's been a huge, a huge part of the story. So tell me, uh, Murphy, I'll start with you because you you are steeped in uh, in in Russian studies. Um, but h- how does this damn thing end? Well, I've
1: been watching Putin's broadcast, and I think every time the conference table gets another meter longer, <laughs> you know, Russia's run by a couple hundred people between oligarchs and and people inside the state ministries, and the they call them silo- siloviks, who are the old KGB pals of, of Putin. And, you know, this is bad for business. It's becoming really bad for Russian foreign policy for 40 years. in Europe is focused on dividing the Europeans and whatever you do, never let the Germans rearm. Well, you know, they've had two massive debates there. And even if they, they knock down, you know, Kiev, I I'm so used to saying Kiev. Um, but Kiev then this will make Afghanistan look like a warm bowl of borscht.
2: Is chicken Kiev now chicken Kiev too? Yeah, it
1: should be. Freedom chicken. Because, you know, it's the Ukrainian or the old Russian pronunciation. (laughs) But bottom line is this thing is a nightmare, and the folks around Putin increasingly get it. I mean, it's no small deal. He just arrested a bunch of his own KGB goons. Mm -hmm. And if you're a Russian general, you're thinking, okay, my big plan was to steal a few million in a Swiss account, get my kid into UCLA, you know, and, and, and have a, have a life. Now I'm probably going to have a war crime prosecution. So it'll be hard for me to leave. The money's frozen and I'm here and Putin's going to do a purge after this and start offing us for following his damn orders. So, and now my
2: kid's going to have to go to USC.
1: Well, Tavarish, yeah, or... Tavares, <laughs> give me a call, but, but anyway, bottom line is I think he's getting more and more isolated and that, that doesn't mean overnight they do something about it, but he's one reason that table's so long isn't just biology. He's very alone other than a few really hardcore advisors cloistered together. And this economic thing, you can't keep a stock market closed forever, um, you know, I think Biden to his credit is going to up the petroleum squeeze on him. Uh, and so, you know, Putin's racing a clock here. So, you know, maybe he does want to go nose to nose with NATO and then back down the, the find an off ramp, which is scary. You know, uh, it's 1914 stuff, but it can't hold like this for him. I don't think.
0: The other thing that's going to happen, you know, there's estimates that, you know, Three to five thousand Russian troops have been killed. Yeah. Those body bags are going to come back, um, and you know the, the mothers who organized against him, um, you know after Crimea and other uh, um, um, conflicts, are going to organize against him again. Um, and he he has to, you know, that's something that he has to face. He can't lock all those mothers up like he does everybody else. So that's going to be, you know, this is going to become very real to the Russian people very quickly. Russian soldiers coming back in body bags, um, you know, not being able to contact your relatives on social media in Ukraine or other countries, not being able to travel, uh, losing all of your investments, the stock market uh, basically depleted this is not the way they want to live
1: take that brave woman who jumped up on their newscast with the sign you know you do that here you get a cable contract and a tiktok account with five million followers she's in (laughs) she's disappeared she's disappeared she's in an fsb prison right now um where they don't leave a mint on the pillow if you know what i mean
0: yeah and not to mention all the the thousands of protesters over the last several weeks who are also locked up
2: but that does speak to the communications uh hammerlock that he has over large uh, portions of how russians get their information but listen we're we're focused here on american politics uh and i'm wondering how this thing i agree with you stephanie i think biden has handled this well and uh you know whatever hiccups there were around afghanistan this thing has been well done the, close coordination with the allies holding NATO, uh, together, which I think has been a major focus of his, uh, and, uh, you know, and, and tough, tough measures. But, um, the question is, does this help him? You know, we've got these polls that are out, uh, now I was particularly focused on the wall street journal, uh, uh, poll because it's done with, uh, John Anzalone, who's Biden's pollster, and Tony Fabrizio, who was uh, Trump's pollster. And, you know, his approval rating is still sitting there at 42 percent. But the thing that was striking to me was uh, when they asked a measure of strength, you know, 41 percent, 41 percent. That's a leading indicator for presidents. And we're right in the middle of this standoff with Ukraine where I think he is showing strength. Uh, Does this end up? helping biden or do the uh does the uh some of the economic uh hiccups that are associated with sanctions uh, make it harder for him
0: well it depends what he does with those economic sanctions and how he communicates to the american people of how they're going to impact them and what he's going to do about it um you know the i in that poll 50 percent of people um approve of how he's handled ukraine and he hasn't hit the 50 percent mark on issues in a long time. Um, so I think that's encouraging. We're only 20 days in. Um, you know, gas prices are, are at a record high and likely to go higher. So what does the president do about it? You know, this is at the same time that uh, who was it recently? It was an Exxon announced their latest profits. And for the American Oil companies, um, you know, I think they collectively made $200 billion last year. Um, That's an enormous amount of profit. So, you know, what does the president do? Does he try to hold them accountable? Does he investigate price price gouging? Does he uh, call on Congress to provide subsidies? It depends on how he leads through this. Uh, But he's got to lead. He can't let this happen to the country. He needs to lead us through it.
1: You know, let me uh, put on my get my scythe and my Grim Reaper hood because I went through those numbers too, and I thought <laughs> I'm I'm glad I'm not a political hack working for Biden because they gave me a real chill. He's had a weakness narrative from near the beginning, which you know isn't all his fault. He was civil and respectful of of some of the firebrands in this party in the House who held him up, but it made him look weak. And I mean, right now, I, I yes, the approval ratings crept up a little bit. But is Biden a strong leader? 41, yes. 57, no. So if the Ukraine's helping them, it ain't helping them much. And the most important Biden job approval on the economy, which is number one issue, bigger than Ukraine, 39 positive, 59 negative. Um, Which is why the generic vote, are you going to vote Republican or Democrat for Congress, is plus five Republican, which is about as good as it gets. So I think he needs some big moves. I'm not going down the wag to dog route here, but he, he, that, that weakness narrative has stuck to him. And while they do approve, the only thing is Stephanie says that rings the bell is Ukraine that gets him to 50, but on almost every other description other than empathy, you know, there's this huge double digit gap between, yeah, he's a nice guy and he cares about people yeah. and he can't seem to
2: do anything about it. They asked a couple of, uh, questions, a split sample. Joe Biden is focused on the issues that are most important to me. Uh, Total number agreeing, 39. Total disagreeing, 58. Uh, Then they ask, Joe Biden tries to do the right thing, tries to do the right thing. Total agree, 50. Total disagree, 48. And I think if you put that together with the strength numbers, that's the conundrum that he has. I think people think he's a decent person. I think they think he's well-meaning and well-intended. Oh
1: yeah, but if they think he can't get anything done, it's Jimmy Carterville. That, that's right, the and
2: and and the thing, and not being focused on uh, on the things that are uh, most important to them. And what's most important right now is this issue of inflation. That's the prism through which people are seeing the economy. All right, let's stop for a minute and listen to a word from one
1: of our fine sponsors. I don't know, Axe. I've been walking around the Hex on Tap Freedom studio lately, and I've noticed that Allison, our crack producer, is just happy. She's got that glimmer in her eyes. What's going on? There's some new product I think she's quite excited about.
2: Well, since you denied her the race she deserves, it has to be Athletic Greens. Isn't that right, Allison? That's right. That was the
1: Pinkertons,
2: not me, but keep going. All right, Mike, explain to everybody why Athletic Greens is so damn good.
1: Well, as Dr. Science, as you know, I can tell you, when you take Athletic Greens, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and
2: adaptogens. Yeah, and Allison, how does it taste?
0: It's delicious.
2: Delicious, which not all these supplements can claim. So. What is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. That's why we get this energetic representation from Allison. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery focus, and this is important for you, Murphy,
1: aging yeah. Here's what I like about it. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. Athletic Green is a small microhabit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. And your subscription comes with a year's supply of vitamin D which is so important to add in these winter
2: months when we don't get as much sunlight. And it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit, which can get pretty (laughs) expensive for Mike Murphy. Yeah, I know. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance.
1: So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different horse pills and supplements and all that stuff to look out for your health. To
2: make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit Athletic greens.com slash hacks. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash hacks to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. At the State of the Union, I thought he should have been tougher in the Ukraine section and more honest about the fact that this is going to hurt us as well. We're going to have to pay a price for this. okay? and this is why the price is worth it. Instead, he said, you know, gas prices are going to go up, but I'm going to make sure that you guys are insulated. Uh, from them, which he can't, you know, to a large degree. Can't. So uh, why not, you know, just be blunt with people. This is, you know, but then now they've overcorrected. And so for a few days he was saying, you know, everything is Putin's price hikes. Inflation is Putin's fault. People don't believe that either. They know that we had inflation before this. They know that gas prices were high before this. So they they haven't dialed this in quite right yeah you can't blame everything in the economy uh on Putin but what should be blamed on Putin should be blamed on Putin well the other thing quickly is that
1: the Republicans are getting my Republic I guess anyway they're getting away with murder <laughs> because there's no heat on them I mean look at look at some of these questions party Democrat party versus Republican Party rebuild the economy Democrats 34 Republicans 47. In an economic election, has a plan to make your life better. Democrats 37, Republicans 45. Mm-hmm. Reduce crime. Democrats 26, Republicans 46. Uh, and then Ukraine, you know, it will handle America's foreign policy better. A little tighter, 37, 44. Manage Ukraine, 31 Democrat, 38 Republican. Look out for middle class families is tied. Yeah, that was a stunning number. You know in a world where that's tied, not not a good world for if you have a D after your name on a ballot. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes yeah, so, so I agree. I mean all those numbers are daunting and so it drives me nuts, Stephanie and you, you and I lived through yeah. this together. They had the Democratic retreat uh, this and of course it was like bedwetting central and you know and out of it, it's always the same like you've got to get your messaging, right This is you know if we just <laughs> message correctly, problem. like people feel like shit. They're unhappy. Yeah. They're, they're, they're suffering. But
0: politically, what I wonder, and and Axe, you and I went through this many times, if there was more of a contrast um, coming out of the White House. And, you know, that's that's not Biden's um, natural instinct. Right. But there is a real contrast here uh, in terms of, you know, that middle class number is really worrisome. We should be winning that hands down. Um, Or the plan for the economy. What is the Republican plan for the economy? The only thing we know is the Rick Scott 11 point plan. And that's all about raising taxes on poor people. Right. So or and the middle class and seniors and veterans and uh, people living with disabilities. Right. You know, we leveraged that big time when uh, Romney put out something similar you haven't heard anything.
1: As long as Biden's numbers are like this, the only Republican plan they need to win is we're not the Democrats. Right. I mean, that's, and I know right. everybody, it was, I totally get this. It's so easy to sit around on K street or wherever and say, boy, I don't know why they don't have a bumper sticker message. But right. sometimes it's actually true. Build back better failed politically. You know, that's fact one is understanding that. And yeah. that's out in the press now. Fact two is we're going to pick a big fight on prescription drugs and child care starting today against the Republicans. You know that is a bumper sticker, and that kind of stuff works for the D's,
2: and it's lost right now. No, no. I, I listen. I agree with that, and I totally. If they, if they allow this, uh, because I don't think inflation is going to be appreciably better. It may be worse yeah. uh, by the fall. If they if this just becomes a referendum uh, on it, Biden, it then yeah. uh, then then that's that's the the worst yeah. case scenario it has to, i agree that it has to be uh, a contrast and they should drive a contrast but the the thing that the, i guess what i was reacting to is it's always the same in these congressional caucuses. if we just tell them what we're doing for them if we just tell them all the good things well that's yeah.
1: every incumbent you know, you've been to the meeting where every incumbent's written their first ad. It's 49 minutes long. Here's what I did for you, <laughs> idiots. Yeah. Vote for me.
2: Yeah, and that's, you know, and telling them and telling people that it's actually better than they think it is. Right. You yeah, know.
0: I don't think that they should be telling people that the economy is better than people think it is. But, you know, they do have some accomplishments that they can use to get into these local communities and talk about what it did for them. Um, And who voted against it? You know, those are some plays, uh, frankly, that they should have been playing a long time ago, uh, but they are starting to play now. You saw last week the president make a pretty strong statement on the anniversary of the rescue plan um, and tie it to school openings and small business openings and things like that. Every Republican voted against that those are things that can be useful i agree with what everybody's saying here that the only plan that uh matters for republicans is that it's not the democratic plan and this is likely going to be a referendum on the president and all of that but the more some of those frontline democrats in the house um who you know really shepherded the infrastructure bill through got it separated from bbt uh from build back better Um, and shepherded it through, pulled a coalition together on the House side and the Senate side to get it through. Um, you know, that's a real victory for them if they can localize the messaging. But they've got to do that now.
2: No, that's 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 a key is localizing Mm -hmm. because you want to get out of this huge sort of tsunami headed their way. Here's the other problem. These retreats, I agree, they
1: drive me crazy on the R side too. But what you've got is in a Democratic retreat, you've got 70 members telling you what to do politically who all come from districts that a box of hammers can win if it has a D written. So guess what? It's an agenda that's ideologically where they are, which is we're going to do something about the cops. We're going to, or, you know, we're going to have a Green New Deal, whatever the litany is. And most of that stuff is unhelpful in the kind of districts that are at stake. But it's very hard to convince a bunch of members who, quote, never lost an election because it was impossible to lose in the districts they are from to try something that puts them out of their ideological comfort zone a little bit. And now the culture, the Democratic Party, you know, Republicans, we're we we always steal the John Stuart Mills thing about the evil party and the stupid party. And we always think the Democrats kind of the evil party and we're the stupid party. But one thing we do is we all pick up sticks and run toward the enemy. Dems go hold a press conference and an alternate State of the Union address and all this stuff. And we used to admire the fact that Dems all marched together, and it's kind of where we thought we learned it from. And, you know, there's all this freelancing, and and it's just, I feel bad for Biden because his army likes to fight sideways.
2: I love that because, uh, Stephanie, how many times have we heard how come the Republicans all are so disciplined yes. and, and why can't we be more like them? And, uh, and there's something, look, there's some Republicans tend to be better at sort of boiling things down because they don't look at policy as a, as a thing to, you know, you can't get policy in a bumper sticker and that's what Democrats love. But basically both sides think the other side Somehow has some secret formula. <laughs> we, that, uh, we think it's all union yeah.
1: bosses who push a button on their desk. And well, they
0: don't think that about us right now.
1: No, no, that is probably true. Time to pay the meter, but we will be right back now. Let's hear from our sponsor. So I don't know about you, Axelrod, but defending capitalism is a is a heavy chore these days in American politics. So I'm always on the lookout to hire good people. But in our economy, it's not easy. It's hard to find quality candidates. That's why I'm excited about a platform that's every bit as
2: powerful as I need. And that platform is Indeed. Yeah, more important now than ever because we have this glut on the job market. People need to hire. And so you have to have the power that Indeed Offers. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applicants that meet your must-have requirements or else, you know what, you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. They find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed's Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews.
1: I love Instant Match because as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. In business, we all know time is money, and Indeed is fast. Plus, you only pay for quality applicants that meet your must-have requirements.
2: Yep, Indeed makes it easy to hire great talent. According to CompScore, Indeed is the number one job site worldwide, and Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Wow. According to Talent Nest 2019, join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. So start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored
1: job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash Hacks. This offer is valid through March 31st, so get going. Go to Indeed.com slash Hacks to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash Hacks. Terms and conditions do apply. Need to hire?
2: You need Indeed. You mentioned John Stewart Mills. Uh, I want to talk about a millstone, and that is... oh no, this... transition award, ring the bell. I can't ever do a transition without you ringing the bell. And, and the whole thing about transitions is they're supposed to be... We're a very postmodern show. You know. They're supposed to be seamless where nobody's... Anyway, so, uh, but what about <laughs> Tucker? We talked about Tucker at the top, but you have Trump, uh, and uh, who, you know, called this invasion genius. And he he's tried to clean it up a little since then, but uh, I mean I think that was very revealing. He he admires these acts of uh, belligerence, uh, and he thinks there's there's signs of strength. Mike, how do you live? How if you're a Republican, how do you live in that party and try and navigate the most popular figure in the party uh, when in the midst of a war that's highly? I think Putin's numbers were like two. And 90 in this Wall Street Journal poll. Yeah, no, it's a problem and good. It ought to be a
1: problem. It's starting to boil off the veneer of kind of being quiet about Trump, looking the other way. I, I will tell you what, in the party, there's a fascinating dynamic going on because kind of the Trump hostage faction of the party, well, I can't really take him on. I'd lose my primary. Don't really like the guy, but I'll tell you what, he won. He brings in all these new voters. He's really great. You know, the, the kind of the Faustian deal of you get electoral success, which I would argue we don't really get. We've lost a lot of races when, with Trump's brand. But they, they make that argument. That is melting away because now what they say is, you know, if we had good Trump, he'd out be talking about gas prices and inflation and riling up his people and setting us up to win. Instead, we have crazy old man on a bus Trump who's going on and on about September 6th and counting the vote and Chinese robots. And, you know, so whatever whatever good he did for us is over. So then now the question is, how do we escape? Probably we offer people Trump without the crazy and Q. DeSantis and Cotton and Hawley. They're all positioning themselves that way because under the surface, it is moving. Even that, you know, we had Fabrizio on, that survey he did that shows about 75% of the party is Trump positive, But of that 75 to 80 percent, only half thinks he's the future. The rest would find somebody new, and that that crack in the Trump dam under the surface is really growing, and you can see it as you see these people put out feelers and start to try to get Trump light. You know, fewer calories, uh, uh, whatever. It's it's fewer crazy, same stuff. The other thing that's going on is people are looking at the Democrats on the Republican side and thinking they've blown it. They're going to get killed in the midterms. Biden's going to have a revolt and probably a primary challenger if he runs. If he doesn't run, God knows who they're going to nominate. The only way we can blow this thing is to nominate Trump and change the subject. So every political interest calculation is moving from follow Trump because you have to. My God, can't we do something about Trump? And I'll finally say a lot of us in the party... We joined because we didn't like the Soviets and things like, you know, communism. That's why I joined. You know, we were out there at Georgetown getting arrested protesting the Russian embassy over Afghanistan when I was in the college Republicans.
2: Putin remembers that, by the way. So stay out of Moscow. Very
1: funny story. My old firm had some lobbyists in it. They were pitching an energy client, and some ex-general flew in from Moscow. I wasn't in the meeting and had the young interpreter with him, and halfway through the meeting looked, pulled out a file and said, your Mr. Murphy is anti-Russian. I've never been happier. <laughs> yeah,
0: That's scary. You
2: paid that guy to do that.
1: <laughs> the dynamic, the leading indicator, like we were talking about in the polling data about Biden's numbers on handling the economy, is cracking because Trump's looking, the Republican buyers is like oligarchs looking at Putin. Trump is bad for business going forward when we have a huge opportunity because the Dems are going to screw this thing up. So we'll see if that will manifest itself. But watch the Kemp race in, in Georgia.
2: I, I have to tell you guys, we, we did a very interesting focus group for the Institute of Politics on which both you guys, uh, whose board you, you serve on, uh, we did this in Peoria a few weeks ago. I don't think I've talked to you about this, Mike. Uh, but uh, uh, this was of Trump voters. They were Republican voters. They would all voted for Trump. Uh, and they were enthusiastic about him as president. By the way, he gets you know his ratings as president are this uh, maybe a tick even better than Biden's in this yeah in, in this poll set, uh, and and they're even in this poll. But these people when it came when the moderator asked them uh, whether they would like to see him run again, even in this very uh, pro Trump group there was a lot of hemming and hawing and i don't know you know i don't know whether he's what we need moving yeah, the forward t- yeah actually DeSantis's name came, came up quite a bit so uh i uh that that was interesting to me and it does sort of underscore uh your point that said if there were a primary today he would win it
1: oh yeah today absolutely but you know we're we're, we're we've got our crystal balls out here and until we can get kreskin to come on the show we're not going to We're not going to next week, by the way, I hear, but, uh, Mm -hmm.
2: but we have the next best thing. We got Stephanie. So
1: I I just really quickly, one other Trump thing about all this, uh, a smart repub. We were talking about every party has ideological cataracts and the democratic ideological cataracts around spending. And in the Republican focus groups, the equation of Biden and the AOC and Pelosi, they spent billions like crazy. Now we have inflation heads move. They not got it. That's what happened. And so the counterattack is, we spent money, look at Trump, you know, blah, blah, blah. Fiscal conservatism is going to have a huge rocket fuel comeback in the GOP. And yet again, Trump is a bad wart on that weapon, which is being openly discussed too. Again, they want a clean way to get power back. And Trump looks like baggage now at a whole new level. Yeah.
2: And this January 6th commission looks like a game of Wordle in which Trump is the winning yeah. word there <laughs> that's so a good line. Uh, i expect that that's going to heat things up as well but stephanie let me ask you a question one of the things i was wondering was and i guess someone told me that uh, priorities didn't add uh but on gas prices uh no on uh, trump calling this ukraine attack genius yeah, t- yeah. genius yeah. genius but man i don't know why that that wasn't i mean i would have put tens of millions behind that in the moment and and you know and then uh, associate the Republican Party with his... I mean, he is the leader, he is the putative leader of the Republican Party right now. Mm-hmm. And he's calling the the, the the you know this brutal invasion genius. It seems to me that's a big burden. I don't know why Moore wasn't done with that.
0: Yeah. I, I don't either. You know, maybe because so many consultants are telling Democrats to move beyond Trump. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Coming yeah, out yeah, of Virginia. Always learning that wrong lesson, you know i, I don't think that that is uh, that that will expire. Um, it is sort of an evergreen attack, particularly as Ukraine gets worse. but I guess the question then is there's so much to put in that ad on Trump coddling Russia and believing everything that Putin says. Remember um, you know going back to his first meeting with Putin. Was asked if they talked about Russia's intervention in the 2016 election, yeah. mm-hmm. and he said, "Yeah, I did." And he said he didn't do it. I believe yeah. him. Yeah. Um, you know what a dope. You know there's yeah, there's a yeah. lot there. If Trump does run again, and he, you know he says that he is, this is something that is ripe for an, an attack. I wouldn't say that same thing in the 2020 election, right? Where people were sort of over it. It wasn't real to them. It is very real now.
2: Hey, Murphy, you think if he did run that people would, people would run against him and would run the Putin thing at him? Yeah, I do now. He, he's bad for business. Let's put it
1: this way. Mitch would. <laughs> it would start there. The other thing is if, and pray that it does, if this is a quagmire and Putin finds a way to declare victory and retreat to his lair to lick his wounds, President Zelensky is going to do a triumphant tour of America he is he's a smart Paul, and I think it's hard for Trump to have a comeback while that guy is doing a Churchill tour of this country Mhm and Zelensky may take a poker or two at him a little payback mm-hmm. I would uh if he's got a satellite link to Congress, I'm hoping he can find five minutes to cut a uh uh, a Liz Cheney spot on the side (laughs) because, because I think he'll be weaponized a little in the future. And, uh, so yeah, I, you know, again, the future is yet ours to make, but there are forces lined up which are bad for Trump. The only thing I think besides ego and insanity that gets Trump in a race for sure is if there's an apparent democratic nominee who Trump thinks is so weak that it's irresistible to run. And I would, I would, from Trump's point of view, I think he sees Vice President Harris that way. I think she's getting to the race Donald uh, bait.
2: I guess Trump's answer on the Ukraine thing would be, and, and he said, he said, he, Putin never would have done that if I were president. Yeah, Trump would have cut the ribbon on the city. You know? yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. He would
0: have built the bridge to get him in.
2: Right there marching along. Okay, then let's take a break right here, and we'll be right back. Axe, a lot of people didn't
1: even bother to make resolutions this year. And you know what? What? I get it. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't still find a way to shake things up a little bit, whether it's by switching up your workout routine or going someplace new. Whatever way you challenge yourself this new year, there's no better way to do it than with a pair of outstanding Raycon wireless earbuds in your ears. Look, I got these things, X. They fell off the truck, you know, and they're really good. The battery lasts forever. The sound is great. They don't look dorky. I I have to admit, this is one great sponsor, and I love this product.
2: Their everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. There's also awareness mode for when you need to listen to your surroundings so you can take Raycons with you wherever you go. That's a really good feature. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, also important, these earbuds are so comfortable right, Murphy, you know this, and they will not budge, right?
1: Yeah, that's the key thing. You know, I often unwind by doing a little gymnastic tumbling, and <laughs> the, the Raycons, seriously, these things don't fall off. I've had other earbuds that you turn around, somebody's calling for you if you're on a call or something, and they go flying out, very embarrassing. These Raycons, they, they, they just hang on
2: for dear life in your ear, and they're still comfortable. Eight hours of playtime, 32 hours of battery life, and they're priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. So it's no wonder Raycon Everyday Earbuds have
1: over 48 thousand five-star online reviews. So right now you, our hacks on tap listeners, can get a special deal. X and I went to bat for you. You get 15% off your Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash hacks. That's buyraycon r-a-y-c-o-n dot com slash hacks to save 15%.
2: Buyraycon.com slash hacks. Stephanie one of the things that uh isn't in the news as it would have been is uh this selection of a supreme court uh justice uh uh Kadanji Brown Jackson uh it's almost you you really have to search for news uh on it you you were through some uh confirmation battles did they call you in on this one by the way
0: um you know just for advice here and this, there they're running a great operation <laughs>
2: uh-huh. <laughs> is it advantageous for her that this is all going on right now that in fact she's not in the news these hearings are right around the corner they're trying to get this it's thing done Monday. by the first week in april
0: yeah and i think they will you know there's n- nothing has really there there have been attacks but they're not they don't stick yeah. you know is it helpful that ukraine is diverting attention Sure. It prevents Republicans from really getting organized on it, but they're still doing what they're doing. You know, Grassley is arguing that we're rushing it through and we need to slow it down and take, you know, do this responsibly. He's forgetting.
2: Short-term memory loss there.
0: Exactly. Uh, So we're calling him out on that. Uh, You've got people questioning her role as a public defender in representing um, detainees at Guantanamo, you know, also short-term memory where you know, some very high-ranking Republican national security officials stood up and defended that role, including John McCain. In that our, you know, our constitutional system wouldn't work but for public defenders, um, and you know, I'm sure we're going to see more. Um, and there, you know, there's it, the other thing that's happening is that um, McConnell knows that he can't really lay a finger on her.
1: Right. So, that's the thing.
0: And mm-hmm. he. He he spent time on the floor actually this morning um, going at, not at her, but at outside public interest groups or, or, you know, liberal groups, Demand Justice and other organizations that support her nomination, which means that she's. That's been his tactic, trying to link right, her to. Dark money behind her. Yeah,
2: liberal groups. Yeah. You know,
0: so that's a pretty weak attack.
2: Yeah, and McConnell
1: knows it. I mean. One, she's the you know, the great organizing principle of politics is be for what's gonna happen. She's gonna happen. Biden mm-hmm. made a smart choice. She's been approved. There are some people who are gonna try to score some perfunctory points in their primary electorate scorecards and, you know, protect themselves from attack from people who in the in the primary electorate who care about this stuff. But it it's gonna be She's she's a done deal. She was a smart choice politically. And mm-hmm. the appetite to really tangle for her in the Republican Party is very low. People want to check the box and move on.
0: And they've very smartly surrounded yeah. her with, you know, the Fraternal Order of Police came out right. and endorsed her that first week. Uh, yesterday, there was another police organization that came out and endorsed her. Um, they've really lifted up her credentials in terms of having support from all sides of the law. So, you know, she is and after Mansion came out and said good things about her. Um I know I, you know, I think McConnell just decided there's no way we're going to be able to block this and it wouldn't be good for them politically either.
1: Well, there's an opportunity cost too. They'd rather be talking about gas prices and inflation than mm-hmm flaying a judge who's hard to attack and the, other than an in internal and politics, the first no black no, woman yeah, yet, right to right. be on the it's,
0: supreme court
1: believe me there's no energy in it it'll be perfunctory based politics and the smart move for biden is to do what they've done r- wrap around her great story and those endorsements and let the energy peter out quickly which is what's going to mm-hmm. happen on the R side yeah
2: her messaging when she was uh, nominated was strong and I, my guess is she's going to do very very well In these hearings. Yeah. Um, You know, just one footnote. I should have mentioned this earlier. I'm going backwards. So this is an anti-transition here, uh, anti-segue thing. Oh, a next Uh, slide. So roll the tape back uh, here. Just a footnote on that Wall Street Journal poll. There is softness that we've seen at the polls among Hispanics, uh, uh, among some black voters that go to class. And they're the ones who are uh, feeling the pinch of this inflation more. There's also uh, Axios did an interesting uh, uh, thing yesterday about the fact that inflation in the uh, in some of these uh, swing states is is higher uh, in some of these battleground states than it is elsewhere. There are things that Democrats need to pay attention to. But this minority voter thing, I think it's been sort of, you know. Well, I mean, let me just say one of the problems that we have in the Democratic Party, one of the problems the Democratic Party has is that a bunch of white liberals think that they know what black and Hispanic voters are thinking and that, you know, well, we'll just run on immigration and all the Hispanic voters will vote for us. We'll, uh, you know, yeah, that's how they blew Miami, you know, we'll we'll run on, uh, 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 you know. Police issues, but they don't necessarily understand the complex nature of people's attitudes in communities that are actually under siege by crime. Um, I think Democrats need to pay attention to these constituencies because they're beginning to, uh, splinter a little. And these solid bases of support that Democrats have counted on, uh, are now, you know, the Hispanic community, large segments of the Hispanic community, quite culturally conservative. You know, there's work to be done here uh, for Democrats, and I think it's a long-term concern that they they need to pay attention to.
1: Yeah, it's much more an aspirational vote than an identity vote, and that's where Democrats get it wrong. I mean, there are polls that show among Latinos the immigration issue is number four, five, or six. You can see what the Republicans have done in South Texas. Oh, they're against the oil business. Those are good-paying jobs or help your family move forward. Uh, and clean their clock. And you're right, And that ANZO data, the trend line is is amazing and, yeah. and, and terrifying for Dems.
0: Yeah. And it's coming on the, the tail end of COVID. Yes. Where they were disproportionately impacted. But for a long time, one of the top issues for uh, Hispanic voters is education, because yeah. it's the stepping stone. Yes. And, you know, we've had schools closed and mask issues and, you know, they've become the center of controversy um, and we lose on those issues. So I think that that's part of this also. Um, And, you know, I do think we can get that back, but it's going to take a concerted effort and some real message discipline um, focused on kids um, and helping them recover. But right, totally, you know, there's a lot of things playing into this right now. Yeah. You know, yeah.
1: I've, I'm involved in the charter school movement. I've for a long time I've been on the board. I just left it to go on the 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 pack board of the the Alliance for public charter schools. And boy, I've I've listened to grassroots Latino charter school principals try to get a meeting with the local member of Congress. <laughs> and sometimes it happens. And Democrats, you know, we have a lot of support in the CBC. But it is, uh, if you're a colonel in the teachers' union, you're in the door with the 30-second ask. And the grassroots power of, of the education reform movement in urban Latino communities, which are so aspirational, is incredible. And the Democrats are seen as hostile. Anyway, yeah. well, so we we'll are see what yeah, happens. No,
2: I know, I think this is something that we're going to be talking about uh, some more. And if Democrats are smart, they're, they're talking about it in the councils of the party because this is not a fluke this is a trend and you know when you talk about hispanic voters many of them are second third uh, you know generation and they're behaving more like white working class voters and that needs to be monitored we will be back in a minute but we have to pay a few bills You know, my huge tech companies in America pay next to nothing in taxes, which you probably applaud, meaning they barely give anything back to society that, ma- that makes them rich. They may not do a lot of giving, but they sure do a lot of taking, brother. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about how these tech companies enrich themselves by taking your personal data. They grab your web history, email, metadata, and video searches to create a detailed profile on you. And then they go and they sell that off to the highest bidder. Companies aren't just selling products anymore. They're selling you. You've become the product. So to protect your identity and data from these tech giants, I recommend using ExpressVPN every time you go online. Well, Axe, I'll tell you
1: what, I got to thank Bernie for helping us punch up the copy today, but I do love ExpressVPN. I mean, think about all the websites you visit, Facebook, Twitter, Google, everything you do and say online, get this friends, is tracked by these corporations. Using your public IP, internet protocol address, they can uniquely match your activity and they can know your location. ExpressVPN makes you anonymous online by camouflaging your IP address and replacing it with a different secure IP of your choice. It also encrypts all your data, so it's protected from hackers and anyone else who's trying to spy on you. What I like most about ExpressVPN is how easy it is to use. Just download the app on your phone or computer Tap one button and
2: you are protected. So if you're like me and Mike and believe your internet data belongs to you and not to greedy corporations, then ExpressVPN is the answer. So protect your data with a number one rated VPN provider today. So visit expressvpn.com slash hacksontap. To get three months free on a one-year package, that's e x p r e s s v p
1: n dot com slash hacks on express slash hacks on tap to learn more.
2: They're not really letters, by the way. They're email. I know Set that. Sent to what magic address? Hacksontap at gmail.com.
1: Real quickly, while you're on the Internet, subscribe to Murphy and Gibbs's weekly email newsletter full of full of filthy jokes and political insight and stuff you don't hear. Here, just go to hacksontap.bulletin.com. It's free. And go to our website, hacksontap.com. Click that little store, and you can get the cool merch T-shirts, coffee mugs, and our designer glass. Really cool, rather large, moderation counts, uh, beer mugs with our our logo on them. So we got all the junk. People were emailing us wanting merch. Now we got it. Check it out, Hacksuntap.com. All right, our first question is for Spin Doctor Axelrod, and this comes from Michael. No relation. Assuming Democrats get crushed in the midterms, and Biden's poll numbers Yeah, no, no poor.
2: relation my ass. You wrote this question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Biden's poll numbers remain poor. Does anyone in the Democratic Party have the power and influence to strongly suggest, if not convince, Biden and Harris that they should step aside in 2024 and or find a convenient excuse, dental emergency maybe, not to run again? Would this type of
2: ballsy move happen behind the scenes? Well, let me just say one thing, Michael, Michael Murphy. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm innocent. I, I do remember, and Stephanie does too, uh, the summer of 2011, after after Democrats had gotten crushed uh, in the midterms, and uh, you know by larger numbers, likely than uh, Democrats will be this fall. And there was a lot. There were a lot of people reading last Rights over Barack Obama's. Political career. New York Times published uh, a piece by the 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 uh, sainted uh, Nate Silver. Cover of the magazine is Obama toast. That was a year before the uh, election, and things changed. So, I wouldn't be so quick to judge things in the moment. Uh, that said, you know there. There will undoubtedly be a lot of hand-wringing and finger-pointing. There always is after the midterms. If they go down as they appear to be going now, they could change. Uh, and uh, that part of that speculation is going to be what's going to happen in 2024 because, of course, we can't be without an election campaign. So as soon as this election ends, the next one will uh, begin. But no one's going to... Uh, I think this is a decision that Biden is going to make on his own and uh, Harris is going to make on her own uh, based on what they think is best for them and, and, and uh, best for the party. And uh, I don't think anybody's going to go to them. This is not there's no like uh, Politburo that's going to arrive and the, uh, tell them uh, not to run. They're going to make these decisions on their own. I'm more than happy to go see
1: the president and straighten him out.
2: Yes, I'm sure he'll receive you with open (laughs) arms.
1: I won't even make it to the zip code of the White House. All right, a question. Anybody else want to chime in on this quickly? Stephanie's very quiet.
0: I wholeheartedly agree. Even if there was someone uh, to convey that message, I don't think President Biden would listen to it. He's going to make his own decision.
2: You know, it's tough enough to deliver a message like that. Stephanie Cutter, I've seen her do it many times. So, uh, no, I don't think there's going to be a message. Uh, there's not going to be a committee to, uh, this is going to be a decision that the president will make on his own. And he also knows that things, uh, can change. Uh, there may be, well, he said he's going to judge it based on his own. Uh, how he feels personally, physically, uh, uh, and whether he's uh, up to it. So let me ask you a question, Murphy. Let me
1: interject. All I'll say is I think if he has a bad midterms, which looks quite likely he will have a
2: serious primary challenge. We'll see. Uh, He's still in that poll, very, very popular among Democrats, 83%. So, you know, we'll see. But, uh, Murphy, I uh, want to light you off like a Roman candle here and ask you a question from Bob who says i am very impressed with the lincoln projects ads and find their heart-hitting ads fun i find democratic ads way too lefty good for the base but unhelpful in swaying swing voters i want to know if murphy thinks what uh, i don't i want to know if murphy thinks the lincoln projects ads are effective do they move the needle
1: well they're basically donor porn you know, <laughs> Lincoln Project ads make hardcore Trump-hating Democrats happy, and I've smiled at a couple. But as voter communications, I, I think most of them, the ones I've seen, and we I, we even tested a few during the campaign with swing voters, and they, they bombed totally. Um, they're so strident and angry. If you're a large Democratic donor who thinks the big problem is Democrats aren't, quote, tough enough— uh, a howling Lincoln Project ad makes you happy and might open your checkbook to the Lincoln Project, which is more than happy to receive those donations. So entertainment value, yes, political effectiveness, uh, in most cases, quite low. I think that's why
2: they get a lot of replays on, uh, on uh, MSNBC. Right, exactly. Because I think that's their audience. Uh, and uh, they've raised quite a bit of money. I don't know whether they've used it to great effect in terms of actually moving the electorate for that reason. I agree with you. So, Stephanie, Chris asks, what are the merits and political outcomes of temporarily suspending gas taxes at all levels of the government until oil prices come back down?
0: Well, thank you for your question, Chris. Well, it it differs uh, based on where you live, because there's federal taxes and state and local taxes, and it can add up to, you know a lot of money particularly for people who are you know having a tough time getting by uh, so be, to be able to show people that you care ab- about what's happening and want to provide them some relief you know no matter how small um it's effective um there is a long-term consequence of it it is those gas taxes that fund our uh infrastructure Um, You know, roads, bridges, uh, water, cleaning up water uh, supplies, things like that. So the more we um, eliminate that tax, there's less money going into that trust fund um, and there's less building um, on infrastructure, which means uh, fewer jobs. So it's a little bit of a vicious circle. So we have we'll have some temporary relief now. But in the long run, it's going to come back to bite us. Um, So politically in the moment very helpful. Politically in the long term, probably not so helpful.
1: Yeah, it's a real pander bear move, as the late Paul songus would say. I'd rather build the Keystone Pipeline, which I think was a Biden error, to stop than you know switch gas taxes on and off, depending on your approval rate. Yeah, well, that, the,
2: of course, the effect of that would not be felt for some time, but that's also a good pander move in uh, in in your party yeah. no no energy independence pal if you guys had done
1: it we'd be in better shape now we'll argue about that next episode
2: uh, l- let me let me just say back in 2008 and stephanie will remember this I do
0: remember john mccain this. and
2: hillary clinton called for a uh, suspension of the gas tax when gas prices were uh very high back then and uh Barack Obama was asked about it and he said, no, nah, I'm not going to do that because we tried that when I was in the Illinois legislature and it turned out to be a scam. The money never really reached consumers uh, and it made very little difference. He says what it is is a way for politicians to signify that they're doing something when they're really not doing much. And you know what? Everybody in Washington thought he was nuts for taking that position and voters mm-hmm. rewarded him for telling the truth. Uh and so uh you know I expect that people that given I mean these gas prices are no joke you you know you you think of yeah, people take California
1: of, is 650 and we have a 55 yeah. cent I believe gas tax yeah, but it's a, a tax, move. Yeah. I'm actually with Obama on this. So I'll give the president credit for that while I blame him for other
2: stuff. I don't in any way minimize the pain people are feeling right now these poor uh Lyft and and uh Uber drivers out there and others who are you don't have to drive to make a living. Uh, well, they're dramatically
1: really... underpaid by Lyft and
2: Uber. But anyway, that's a whole nother debate. But listen, before we go, I just want to say we've lost a few journalists uh, in the last few days. Two, uh, 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 one from Fox News, another was... Uh, did we lose two from Fox News now? Yes, we have, haven't we?
1: Yeah. And a freelance photographer done a lot of work for the New York Times.
2: Yes, I so appreciate those people who are knowingly putting themselves in harm's way to tell the story of this war. Uh, it is, and, and uh, I'm grateful to live in a country where we can hear that story told uh, in, in, and where we can get uh, the facts unlike folks in Russia right now. Really, I want to pay tribute to the journalists who are risking their lives to make sure that uh, the stories of Ukraine are being told. Hear, hear.
1: Stephanie, thank you for doing the podcast. I've got to run off and fight for a free Ukraine here. It was great to hear your voice and to have you on.
0: Thanks for having me.
2: All right, brother. I'll see you soon. Stephanie, you're the best. We'll talk to you soon.
0: Okay. Bye, guys.
2: Talk to you next time.